There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others and leading guests from the world of women's football. Cuts back onto her right foot oh. and finds the day. Talksport 2. Hello, hello. Welcome to Women's Football Weekly. Aston Villa are into the semi finals of the FA Cup after an extra time win over Manchester City. Aston Villa rise and meets it. And they've turned in. Rachel Daly. Villa boss Carla Ward will be joining us live in just a moment. Meanwhile, Chelsea progress as they look to retain their title, and Manchester United reach the last four for the first time. Lewis one, Manchester United three, Alicia Russo in the first half and second half goals from Borussia and Nikita Paris right at the end send United into the last four. Brilliant game, brilliant ground to come to, fantastic host, United win. And Brighton beat Birmingham to bring some positive light to their season. Carter sets herself, goes to the corner and puts it low into the bottom corner calmly. And so it is 2-0 to Brighton. We'll round up all the FA Cup quarterfinal action as well as the championship and keep you up to date with some of the stories from across the world of women's football. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. Hi, I'm Frank Kirby and you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Happy Monday, you lovely lot. How you doing? Hope you're well. Hope it's been a fun weekend and you've got yourself out and about and seen plenty of football action. Former Tottenham captain Jenna Scalacci is with me tonight. How are you doing, Jenna? Hello, I'm good, thank you. Excellent. What caught your eye this weekend? Oh, it's got to be that goal from Kraft against Mary Earps. I think, you know, that's what the FA Cup's all about, isn't it? Got a team back to 2-1. It was a fantastic goal and she can now say she's scored against the best keeper in the world. Absolutely. The atmosphere (laughs) at the Dripping Pan apparently was absolutely fantastic. Just a shame uh, for Lewis fans that it didn't go their way. None of the FA Cup quarterfinals disappointed, to be fair. And Aston Villa's game certainly didn't. Aston Villa rise and meets it. And they've turned in. Rachel Daly, they have done it. Aston Villa are heading to the semi-finals of the FA Cup. Huge moment for Carla Ward and Aston Villa. So three-time FA Cup winners Manchester City are out. Last year's runners-up, of course, as well, uh, at the hands of Aston Villa. Rachel Corsi putting them ahead in the first half. Uh, Dana Castellanos equalising before the break. Corsi could have won it in normal time, but her header went just wide. In an extra time, who would you back to get the winner? 
Rachel Daly, of course. Uh, Villa have never won the FA Cup before, but what a season it's been for them so far. Unbeaten in 2023 as well. And who better to speak to than the manager herself, Carla Ward. How are you doing, Carla? I'm very well, very tired, I'm not going to lie. Oh, uh, tired yeah, from uh, celebrations, uh, perhaps? <laughs> Come on, g- give us all the dirt, please. If only, to be honest. I, by the time I got back to Sheffield last night, it was gone midnight and, um, yeah, I, I hit the sack. But as you can imagine, adrenaline keeps you awake. And, yeah, I must admit, I, I had very, very, very little sleep. So I'm looking forward to getting into bed tonight, that's for sure. Hi, Carla. It's Jenna. Hi, Jenna. How are you? Good, thank you. Congratulations. I was going Thank to ask you. how your head was today, but you've just you've just explained it. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got a three-year-old waking you up early hours. I think it's best not to be drinking oh, that late. Ouch! <laughs> I just wanted yeah. to ask you if you rewind back to the opening game of the season and and that yeah. massive massive win. How much do you think that has played a part in how successful your team has been this season? Yeah, I'd say massive amounts because, you know, we went through pre-season, we had a bit of, um, we had a few rocky games and we didn't have the greatest pre-season. But to be honest, I think I always said at the end of pre-season to the staff that I think that might have helped us because we faced different challenges. We had to find solutions and and we we found a few problems that we maybe didn't realise that that were there. So I think that opening game, um, the character from the group, I think that set us in a, put us in a position where there was a lot of belief. I think everyone realised, you know, we could match uh, match ourselves against the best and I think that that helped us kick on from there but yeah it's been look we, if, if you told us that we'd be in the semi-final and unbeaten in 2023 at this point I would have snapped your hands off well snap our hands off because <laughs> actually you know on this podcast in particular Carla uh, we, we I say podcast it's a show that turns into a podcast on this show Carla um, we wax, yep. wax lyrical every week about what you've done with this side and <laughs> particularly the signings that you made in the summer which were, were incredible and I've spoken to you about them before but looking back at that game against Manchester City a 4-3 win and you know those signings on the score sheet as well Rachel Daly with, with, with two of the goals um, we spoke about how you got Rachel Daly to the club in the first place and, and, and convinced her to come to Aston Villa but do you feel yep. as if you you were so far ahead of the curve in spotting who you thought could do something special for, for Villa that it's put you ahead of, of some of your mid-table last season competitors. Yeah, I think we were very clear on what we wanted and who we were going after. It's the same even now with the summer window. You know, we've we, we identified key positions that we need. Uh, we always try and work a couple of windows in advance. We've got a very clear plan for the next few years. So it's really important that we continue with that. Um, but Rach was somebody... Obviously, we looked at for months and months. We were in talks with her for what a good three or four months before we actually announced her. So that was that was good. That was important that we got her over the line, particularly because last season we, you know, we really struggled in front of goal. So it's an area we identified early that we needed to recruit. But she's been nothing short of sensational. She really has, you know, she's she's been brilliant and well, she's showing it, isn't she? Popping up with vitally important goals week in week out. Yeah, her the, the relationship that she has with Kenza Daly as well, the two of them, Daly and Daly, they're absolutely superb this season. Yeah, uh, listen, Kenza for me doesn't get the credit she deserves. I think she's arguably one of the best performing midfielders in the league right now. Agreed. Um, you know, we're we're just so fortunate to have her. She's she's somebody that, you know, when you look at her previous clubs at Everton and West Ham, she never played really too much in that central position. But, you know, she's such a talented individual. And I think now just playing in behind Rach is, is causing a lot of teams problems. But we're delighted with them both. They're great characters. They're great professionals. Um, and ultimately, they're winners. So they're, they're great to have in the dressing room as well. 
What's that? So you've you've got you know Daily Dali and Nobs and Stanway. What um, influence do they have? Obviously on the pitch we see it, but off the pitch with your younger players and the squad as a whole. They have a lot of influence um, with the staff as well. You know, I'm I'm quite open. The fact look, I've been I've been in the WSL only three years, so when I sign these players, I'm saying you know you can you can help us all, you can help us move forward, and I utilise them whenever I possibly can, particularly in big games when we're going to need experienced players that have been there and done it. I think the younger players thrive on having them in the dressing room. Um, it certainly increases competition and the um, the levels of intensity have raised and obviously gone through the roof, but. Um, it's really important. It really is on and off the pitch. But um, yeah, you know what? We've got some unbelievably talented youngsters. So they'll uh, they'll be watching everything they do and hopefully that'll put us in a good position in a couple of years' time. It's not just those players though, Carla. It, it feels like the whole club. What what exactly is going on behind the scenes to, to have helped you get to this point? Yeah, I think, um, look, when I, when I came in, obviously I sat down with Christian Perslow, the CEO, and he was excellent. He... Um, you know, he's allowed me to really grow into the role and he's allowed me to, you know, take the club in the direction I wanted to take it in. He's been fully supportive of everything we wanted to do. You know, he was the first person on FaceTime as soon as the uh, the final whistle went last night. They're, they're massively supportive of the women's game. You've got every department sort of backing the women's team, which is really positive. Um, and yeah, just really backing us with our um, ideas you know, our vision, where we want to take it and, and supporting that. And I think he's, he's he's allowed us to do that. And I think that's been really important in in the success, of, well, of where we're at now. Yeah, because uh, a lot of people are talking about you potentially breaking into the ceiling as Manchester United have done into the into the top three that have been established for, for, for a fair while now. But this is a real pivotal point in, in, in the future of women's football with the governance of, of the league, the future of the WSL and the championship under discussion, this, this, this new company um, yeah. being put together. And, and Christian Perslow is, is on the group of experts discussing this as, as well. But for someone who's been in, involved in the, in the women's game for so long, what's your vision of the future of women's football? I think it definitely, yeah, needs to be governed. Um, I think it's obviously needs to be taken on by somebody. What that looks like, I'll be honest, I don't know. And my focus is obviously on the pitch. And, you know, Christian being involved is is massively important. Um, you know, his passion for the women's game was the reason I came to Aston Villa in the first place. So if he's got anything to do with it, then um, I would like to think there'll be some... <laughs> fairly good decisions made but um, yeah look my, my focus is on the pitch as long as we can continue to grow it off the pitch then uh, I think we'll all be happy um, Looking ahead to tomorrow's draw then who <laughs> any favourites <laughs> you want to be pulled out? <laughs> Come on Jenna you know what I'm going to say here right? <laughs> Standard <laughs> Listen, answer I, Yeah no well yes and no look I think both Brighton and ourselves would be lying if we said we'll, we'll take one I think we, we would both like each other I think that's the reality you know I think everybody would expect me to say what well yeah anyone we do get we've got this far we can beat anyone on our day we've shown that but yeah of course you, you know I think it would be great for the neutral as well for for maybe uh someone like ourselves or Brighton for an opportunity to get to Wembley yeah it would be absolutely incredible and you know you were talking about biting our arms off with fifth in the league unbeaten in 2023 and, and and the semi-final of an FA Cup but what exactly marks a successful season for you? Um, top six for sure um, obviously quarter final of the Conti Cup and then a semi-final is massive you know if that that's that it's success already but 
we're we're an ambitious group. You know, we want to keep pushing. We've got seven games left now, plus a semi-final. We want to finish on as many points as possible. And obviously we want to try and get to the final because what a story that would be for a club like Aston Villa to be in the um in the final walking out at Wembley. So look, I'm sure I'm sure the other three managers will be dreaming about it a little bit like I am at the moment. So <laughs> That that's the reality of it. There's there's no dressing it up. The opportunity to get to a final at Wembley is absolutely huge. It really is, and we wish you all the best of of luck for it, Carla. And it's so lovely of you to to join us on Women's Football Weekly. And I'm sure we'll speak to you before the end of the season. Yeah, thanks, guys. Take care, Carla Ward. There, Aston Villa manager, doing an absolutely cracking cracking job this season I mean every time I speak to you Jenna every guest that I have in this studio when we talk about what Aston Villa have done and what Carla Ward has done in in particular she's getting all the plaudits quite deservedly yeah, I mean, they've had a phenomenal season. And as we just mentioned, I think the start of their season and, and what that does mentally for your for your team and the squad as a whole, I think, you know, beating Man City 4-3 on the opening day, I think that's really kick-started them on for the rest of the season. And they've obviously strengthened the squad in the January transfer window with experienced players, with WSL experience and, and international experience. And they just seem to be going from strength to strength. And the thing I liked about them yesterday in the extra time when when they were two two one up, they when they're on the ball they didn't look scared at all. They they were so confident and, you know, they they weren't rushing with anything. They were so composed and, you know, every they just look like a team of players are really, really enjoying their football. They've all got smiles on their faces and they just look like a really well connected team at the minute. And when you look at the other teams in the league who've struggled with mm. a striker. Yes. A talismanic striker, how Clever is the foresight. Months of, you know, we we had Carla on um, just as as Rachel Daly was signing. The foresight to do that, and she said, oh, every team should be surely doing that, but clearly they're not because they're oh, getting yeah. to January and going, ah, <laughs> oh, no, we've got no goals. Let's get a goal scorer. Yeah, I mean, Daly's been phenomenal, hasn't she? And, you know, she's a big, big player and she's stepped up so many times in big moments for Aston Villa and she has been the difference and that's what they paid the money for. And, yeah, I mean, it's really, really well recruited as Carla's just said then, months and months before. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they've got an absolute gem in her, haven't they? Experience, she's scoring for fun, can play any position, you know, I'm sure we'll see her in any position for Aston Villa. But, yeah, she's really um, marked her spot now as that number nine and scoring every week. Is it realistic that they can break into the, 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 the dominant top three? I think if they carry on as they are, I think maybe this season might be a little bit too soon for them, but... It looks like they have that plan in place and, you know, they're already looking ahead to the summer. So I don't see why not next season they strengthen and strengthen why they can't be knocking on the door because they've already caused some upsets this season and taken points off of top teams. Yep, they certainly have. And they're into the semi-finals of the Women's FA Cup. This is Women's Football Weekly. Faker others and Jenna Scalacci with you. And next, we're going to round up the rest of the FA Cup quarterfinal action. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. It's a wonder goal. The home for women's football. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Ruthers, former Tottenham captain Jenna Scalacci is alongside me. As we were saying earlier on when Carla Ward was with us, Aston Villa through to the FA Cup semi-finals. There were three other quarter-finals that didn't disappoint. Both championship sides, though, sadly, out of the competition. But here's how the rest of the weekend sounded. 
Lewis one, Manchester United three, Nikita Paris down the left hand side in on goal, finished past Whitehouse. There won't be a cup upset here. Paris scores, say la vie. Lewis one. Quality attacking work from the FA Cup holders. She's contributed an assist, won a penalty, and now Guru Wrighton gets on the score sheet. A simple tap in as Reading were carved open ruthlessly by the visitors. So Manchester United reached the semi-finals for the first time after victory at the dripping pan. They took an early lead after Rianne cleverly turned into her own net. Vilda Barisa doubling their lead after the break. Lewis, though, refused to give up. Emily Craft, as Jenna said at the top of the show, pulling one back, lifting the ball over Mary Earps after a poor clearance. Uh, but Nikita Paris sealed the win for United just before the 90. Let's hear from both managers, shall we? Lewis boss Scott Booth, but first, United boss Mark Skinner. I don't think we performed as well as we can do, but I want to give a lot of credit to the fans, to Lewis, for everything they put up against us. They were fully at the races with physicality um, and made it difficult for us. So it's not really about we should have risen in the game and been better, but a lot of credit goes to the energy and the, the fans of Lewis that, that made it a difficult game. With the hard work we put in um, midweek, um, with the shape of our team and the way that we were going to press, and. Um, the the kind of ability to frustrate Man United because we know they're going to have a lot of the ball and I think that we got all of those things pretty much right. By pushing on and by going for that second goal you obviously you leave yourself open at the back. That was what we had to do and the players did it really well. Yeah, Lewis did play really well, Jenna. They had their chances as, uh, as Scott Booth said um, and the atmosphere at the dripping pan was was incredible. It was. I was watching it and you could feel the buzz around the ground, couldn't you? It was packed out, people on their balconies watching over. Yeah, it was really it got that FA Cup feel and I thought Lewis actually started quite brightly. They had the first chance in the opening minutes and, you know, as, as the managers just said there, they, they, they set up to frustrate Manchester United. Obviously, you're not going to have a lot of the ball, but they did, you know, they, they showed glimpses of what they're about and I thought they can be really proud of their performance, especially up against the top team in Man United who are in great form themselves. Um, and I think, you know, obviously after a couple of changes Man United, you look at the bench and you bring in Nikita Paris on and, <laughs> you know, superstars and she came on and it was a great solo goal to, I think, take the game out of reach. But definitely, I think Lewis can hold their heads up high. They really took the game. They weren't, they didn't fear Manchester United, you know. You could see they had a game plan and they went with it. They had a few counter-attacks that they just missed that little bit of quality in the, in the final third. Yeah, such a shame, um, especially because, as Mark Skinner said, there were some frailties from a United perspective. They're having a little bit of a season that is reminiscent of, of Chelsea at the moment as well, where they seem to be grinding out, getting the points and not necessarily putting in the, be the best performances. Yeah, you, you know, you'd think going to a place like Lewis and the quality that Manchester United have, they would go on and, and, and win it quite comfortably. But I think Lewis made it quite difficult for them. They frustrated them and... I think sometimes when you play a team in the, in a league below, sometimes your levels do drop, but ultimately they found enough quality. And as you say, they are not didn't play their best, but they're still getting the results. I think for Manchester United, a real positive was Ona Bajer out on the right. She's just mm. having a fantastic season and two assists from her again down that right-hand side. She, she was actually the... The person to unlock Lewis in the end. Yeah, she was superb as she as she has been all season, as you say. And United still in with a shout of winning two bits of silverware. Yeah, fantastic. And you know they've they've come on so much and they've that they've strengthened their team as well. And they now have that belief and that quality to you know to beat the top team. So 
I think they'd be disappointed if they come out this season with, with no silverware. Yeah, for sure. Um, it has been an incredible season for them, but I feel as if the confidence within the team, a little bit as, as you know, Carla Ward was saying earlier on about the mentality that her Aston Villa side have and that it has already been a successful season, but they are ambitious and mm. they want it to be a really successful successful season and into next season Manchester United it feels like they're at that tiny just tiny edge above Aston where Aston Villa are at the moment and they are on the cusp of getting that silverware so it will be a huge disappointment if they don't get it yeah and I think you know it it got each season it improves. So last season, Manchester United were, were maybe dropping silly points or failing, you know, to turn draws into three points. But this season, they've learnt from that. They've had a, you know, you've got Ella Toon and Russo Erps who've had a phenomenal summer and come back with this confidence and belief now that they can w- put their mind to it and they can achieve anything now. And I think that's rubbed off on the rest of the team. And I think you do learn from that. And I do think Manchester United probably a season or two ahead of Aston Villa in that aspect. Um, and a few other teams. But again, I'm sure they'll recruit. They'll be looking to probably to to get Russo as their number one target. Uh, keep her. I know Baja, I know, is out of contract. Mm. So, you know, they've got some key players that they sh- have to try and keep, I think, if they're going to kick on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chelsea have kicked on, though, reigning uh, FA Cup champions. Of course, they beat Reading by three goals to one. Third season in a row that Chelsea have made the last four. Guru Wrighton, the standout performer in this one, as she has been all season as well, involved in two goals in the first half, setting up Jess Carter's opener and then winning the penalty that Mara Mielda scored three minutes later. Scored her Self then just after half time before Trollsgaard pulled one back she'd had another ruled out for offside just before that as well I mean it was always going to be an uphill battle for, for Reading Jenna but but Chelsea were clinical they were it was fairly routine performance from Chelsea you know they could afford to drop Kerr and, and James who have been their star players this season and still come out with a, a comfortable 3-1 win and that again shows you the depth and talent that they have within that squad they didn't necessarily play the best either. But again, like we said so many times on this show, you know, they, they dug out, they get a result. It doesn't have to be pretty, especially at this stage in the in the season and in the FA Cup. And as you said, Wrighton was just phenomenal again, two assists and a goal. She's another Great player that's gone under the radar. You know, yeah. uh, Carla Ward was talking about Kenza Darley going under the radar, which I don't think she has on, on this no. show. <laughs> um, she's been getting all the all the plaudits, but, you know, I see what she means. She's not got the kind of superstar status mm. that some of the other players, and I feel like Guru Ryson could be put in that bracket as well. Yeah, I think, you know, early on in the season, she was creating so much and she was just make effective. She was at the heart of everything that Chelsea did and assisting and, got, and, and scoring. And, yeah, I think now people are starting to talk about her as she deserves and I'm sure Emma Hayes will still say she's got lots of room to improve and <laughs> <laughs> nah, she's a fantastic talent and just seems to be growing each game well let's hear from Emma Hayes shall we she's up first after her uh, the Reading boss Kelly Chambers I thought we adapted really well playing a team that presses really aggressively really high so you haven't got time and space to play in the way that you want but I thought we exploited the space they gave us. I'm just disappointed in how we've conceded goals today. I think we've gifted them the game if I'm completely honest. The three goals that we've conceded is they haven't carved us open, they haven't done anything um, that you go or maybe they were just better than us on day. We've, we've given them the goals and that for me that's the most disappointing thing. Um, but they're, they're things that are rectifiable and for me it's an improved performance from last week which is what something that I really wanted going into the next two weeks.
Yeah, I mean, I think they probably weren't expecting necessarily to, to roll Chelsea over and get into the semi-finals. They've got a big battle on their hands mm. in, the, in the relegation places. Yeah, I mean, they've got, I think it, it, in one sense, it kind of does them a favour and that now all they can, can have to focus on is that relegation battle that they've got ahead of them. And boy, they're going to need every bit of it because at the minute you just can't call who's going to get dragged down into it, can you? So, yeah, I mean, I think for, for Reading, I think the key for them this season is is to stay in the WSL and, and possibly not the FA Cup. Yeah, or Brighton, just a point above Leicester in terms of uh, that relegation spot. Um and they beat Birmingham by two goals to nil. Two goals in four minutes, actually, secured their win over Birmingham at St Andrews. Poppy Pattinson from a corner and Daniel Carter from the spot. Not as straightforward, though, as the scoreline maybe suggests because Birmingham hit the woodwork five times in this game. Ultimately, though, punished for, for two mistakes, but they'll be kicking themselves, won't they? Oh, yeah, I think if you hit the woodwork five times, that is just... I mean, once or twice she can take it, but five times that's got to hurt. You know, they created a lot of... Well, hurts the woodwork. <laughs> yeah, hurt the woodwork. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've you got to be annoyed that you're not being clinical in front of that goal. They missed a real opportunity and then switched off in four minutes and the game's over. But, I mean, what that result could do for Brighton and the rest of the season could be a massive turning point for them. Obviously, now they have to concentrate on the FA Cup and this relegation battle. But I think for the team in general... I think performances for them have been a lot better um, and I think this could, could be a turning point for them. Yeah, it'd be really interesting, won't it? And be interesting to see whether or not interim boss Amy Merricks is finally given the job after two managers have, have gone before her. Um, the draw is Tuesday morning. So if you're listening to this podcast after morning live, you know it already. However, all of you joining us this evening um, won't have a clue either. Could Carla Ward get her wish of uh, Aston Villa, Brighton and one of the so-called smaller teams in the league? I mean, there's a there's a 50-50 chance, is there not? Or is it 25%? I don't know. Oh, I'm not very good at that. That's not my That's why I'm a broadcaster, <laughs> not a mathematician. Uh, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 with Faker Others and former Tottenham captain Jenna Scalacci. And next, we're going to wrap up the rest of the weekend and midweek action. Across the UK, online and on DAB Digital Radio. Hi, I'm Georgia Stanway and you're listening to the Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. As Georgia Stanway says, you are listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. We are the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Ruthers. Alongside me tonight, former Tottenham captain Jenna Scalacci. Don't forget, if you do miss any of our shows or if you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the Talk Sport app. That's the easiest place to get it. Go ahead and download it today. Uh, now then, there was a massive game at the bottom of the WSL on Wednesday night. Just three points separated Tottenham and Leicester before kickoff, but a stunner from Bethany England has lifted managerless Spurs up two places to ninth. They're five points clear of the relegation place. They had been winless in nine before this game and sacked coach Rianne Skinner just two days before the match. Um, Jenna, Leicester had their chances, but how vital was this for your side? Oh, it was huge. I think, you know, there was so much pressure on the team going into that match. I think there's a lot of attention on the team given Rianne um, departing ways on the Monday and tough result at the weekend against Liverpool. And I think, you know, so much pressure for both teams, Leicester and Tottenham, but I think a lot more eyes are on Tottenham. You could kind of sense the pressure. I think they've had a really, really bad run of results. I think confidence was low and they had to get a result um, going into that game. Managerless, as you say. I mean, there couldn't have been a, a worse situation, but I mean, it took a, a really special goal from Beth England to separate the two teams and and that's ultimately why the club have paid 200, you know, that, that kind of money for, for Beth England because she can she does step up in big moments and I don't think we'll know until the end of the season just how important that goal is in them three points. Yeah, it is absolutely massive. Bit of a hammer blow for for Leicester, bearing in mind yeah. that the run that they'd been on um, and they'd have hoped to have, you know, plunged Tottenham into a bit of trouble there. I think in terms of goal difference and stuff, they still have, you know, the, the worst the worst goal difference. But Vicky Jepsen in charge, in interim charge mm -hmm. at, at Tottenham, uh, we still don't know whether she's been given it for the rest of the season, but it did seem quite kind of like quick press the exit button, um, the ejection button, as you like, as if you're in a plane um, with Rianne Skinner with no succession plan necessarily. Yeah, I think... You know, I think I, I was quite surprised at the time, given that, you know, they had two de two days to prepare for what is the biggest game at the time of their season. Um, they were looking at the league, the league table on, on Monday. They were in a really, really bad situation, you know, and, 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 and a real danger of getting relegated. And I think given the investment that the, the club have put in, I think given the quality that they have in that team, the signing of Bethany England... That, that team cannot get relegated. And I think, you know, it hadn't been working for a long time. Now, I think October was the Brighton game was the last time they picked up any points. I think Rihanna, the performances under Rihanna since the turn of the year, I felt had really improved. And But they were just still tr struggling to get the points over over the line and turn those performances in into points. Um so obviously like you never want to see anyone lose your job and I know that Rianne's put blood, sweat and tears in, into the club and to professionalise the, the, the team on and off the pitch. Um, so obviously it's a, it was a sad day to see her go. I think 
ultimately it, it paid off in the fact that maybe they, the team just needed, you know, a fresh, I don't know, per, even though Vicky's been there, I think, you know, they'd lost their manager. They, it's time for them to step up now and they have to be winning games against teams in and around them if they want to stay up. So I think credit to every single player, they stepped up. But I, I could kind of see, I was speaking to you before the show, the opening 30 minutes, it didn't look like a Tottenham team that I'd ever recognised. There was just no confidence on the ball. It was almost like nobody really wanted the ball. But the second that goal went in, it started to click and they started to play football again. And you could see the confidence. So I think that that for them, will. Uh, fingers across it's turned the season around I think it will it was a massive moment for the club and you know it gives them that confidence and they can play they are the quality on paper it, they've got a, a really good squad there if you look at individuals they've just got to now kick on they've got a job to do to to keep the team in in the league and got another tough game coming up now at the weekend but the remaining matches are against those teams in and around them so they I think they now can kick on and do what do what we're used to seeing last season. Yeah. I think I think just finally I think last season they overachieved massively. Yeah. And I think that maybe it's come back. I thought they were going to be doing an Aston Villa this season. I, know, I was convinced I of it. <laughs> yeah, I think they've been very unlucky with um injuries. Injuries. Mm. I mean, if you look at them, Percival, Simon, Kit Graham, Eddie Brazil, and there was there was more people in the injury room than there was out on training pitch. And, you know, some of them players are starters for Tottenham, key, key players. Thankfully, we're starting to see them come back now. So you're getting Kit Graham back. And I just think they've been unfortunate. But, you know, I think maybe change has happened at the right time for them to to stay in this league. It's just occurred to me as well that the men's team might be managerless as well very soon. <laughs> there are reports that Antonio Conte is, uh, is headed back to, to Italy. But uh, that aside... You coach at the club. What, what's the atmosphere like there at the moment? I think obviously last week it was it it was a weird atmosphere given obviously someone's just lost their job and I don't think many people really saw it coming because Rianne was the fit for the club and the long-term future of the club. Um, I just think that the club got, uh, the team got in a place where actually you're in real danger here of dropping a league and, and a team like Tottenham Hotspur can't be seem to be doing that um so it's been a it's been a weird week but I think those three points have lifted everybody on the women's side and mm. and and now they're ready to kick on and and turn the season around yeah Leicester still trying to do that a point behind uh Brighton um really going to be a fascinating run in in uh, the relegation battle um it's a fascinating run in in the title race in the championship as well more twists and turns this weekend and a crucial match in terms of that promotion spot london city lionesses have closed the gap on bristol city to just three points after beating the leaders 2-0 two second half goals from atlanta primus a massive statement jenna is going down to the wire five games left to play Bristol have Southampton, Sheffield United, Sunderland, Charlton and Birmingham. London City arguably have the easier run in. Durham, Charlton, Southampton, Blackburn and, and Coventry. So tight. It really is, isn't it? And I think it just shows the strength that the championship is going from. There's no easy games in there even. I remember that from when I was playing. You, It's such a tough, tough league to get out of. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's exciting. I think. Both te- both teams, both sets of players. Obviously, I've been in it my situ- in that place with Tottenham, and all you can focus on is 
getting into the WSL, you'd be obsessed with it now until the end of the season. So, yeah, massive. And every game for both teams is a cup final because I don't think either can afford to drop any points. So they're going to have to treat every game like a cup final. With these kind of situations, you know, we've talked about it before and obviously that there is this 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 new company coming in to, to manage, the, manage the leagues and so it's definitely on the table in terms of extending. When you see a title race this close and one of these teams is going to miss out and then you see what's going on at the bottom of the WSL, you know, the, the, the gap where it feels like at some points it's really widening in others it feels as if it's closing at the same time this is surely a time to start expanding isn't it yeah i'd agree i think i think what we're seeing is the top teams are just kicking on and all the best players are going to the top teams which i think is creating even though the teams lower down in the league are improving it's so so difficult to keep up maybe eventually in time they will catch up but at the minute you know, still our league, each team has different backing from their clubs. You look at a Reading, for example, who have no backing at all. Uh, so in that sense, yeah, I think the top teams in the championships and the, and the less the lower teams in the WSL, there's that real, you know, quite similar in, in places, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it'd be it's a shame for one of them to, to have to lose out, but at the minute that's the the state of the game and hopefully in in years to come it won't be we'll have more teams going up and going down yeah Coventry nine points um uh, at the bottom after a 4-1 defeat to Charlton still have two games in hand in third place Charlton and could make the title race even more interesting your former boss Karen Hill is doing <laughs> great things for, for, for Charlton uh, Southampton though dropped to fourth after a 1-0 defeat at home to Durham Rio Hardy with the only goal of the game there uh, and Sheffield United earned a point against Sunderland in a one-all draw um, in the FA Women's National League as well just want to keep you up date with what's going on there because there's going to be some big teams potentially uh, coming up into the championship or a big team when the playoff happens depending on if they uh, get through the licensing laws as well but uh, Ipswich went top of the Southern Premier after a 4-1 win over Crawley while Burnley move up to second in the Northern Premier beating Derby by the same scoreline they're now just a point behind leaders Nottingham Forest with a game in hand uh, and in the Women's Scottish Cup semi-final draw Celtic will face Glasgow City at Hampden Park and Rangers will play Motherwell. Uh, those ties will be played on the 22nd and 23rd of April. Uh, right, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Ruthers. You were just hearing the thoughts of former Tottenham captain Jenna Scalacci. Uh, coming up, we're going to round up all the stories from the past week. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. It's a wonder goal! The home for women's football. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football. I'm Faye Carruthers, former Tottenham captain Jenna Scalacci is with me. We are available on podcast as well. Don't forget, as if you could, I remind you every single week, plenty of places you can download us, but first head to the TalkSport app to find us. You can obviously subscribe elsewhere as well. Uh, now then, massive um, Women's Champions League quarterfinals this week. Arsenal are in Germany on Tuesday night. 
night to face Bayern Munich at the Allianz Arena. Chelsea travelled to Lyon on Wednesday to the Park Olympic Lyonnais. I mean, Chelsea, let's focus on them first, Jenna, sailed through the group stages undefeated. Um, what do you make of their chances against Lyon, who, of course, Arsenal beat in the group stages 5-1? Yeah, I mean... Given that result, when you look at that on paper, you'd fancy Chelsea, wouldn't you, going into that game? I think Chelsea, obviously, it's the one competition they've really struggled to get over that last hurdle. And I think they're squad-wise, I think they're probably more ready than ever. I think they've got the experience over the last couple of seasons and remember how painful it is come, you know, the results that they have suffered. I think mentally they might be ready. I think they're in, in form. Obviously, Sam Kerr, I think Lauren James could be a time to shine on the biggest stage. Um, so for me, I, I, I definitely, I'd fancy Chelsea, but you, obviously you can't write a team like Leon off ever. <laughs> There's so eight, much talent. Eight-time winners. Eight-time winners. Mm. Pretty big on the Champions League stage, but I think... And players the, maybe who are having a few upsets in their national team as well that, that will want to you know, have the opportunity to get silverware because perhaps they're not going out to, to Australia for the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's a sad time for what's going on over there in their national team and their, their players that, you know, top, top players who potentially aren't going to be at the World Cup. It's just it's a sad loss for everyone. Maybe a gain for England when it, when it comes to it. But um, no, they're, they're a team full of quality. And But for me, I think that this season, I think the, the English teams, I just feel that they're a bit of a different level now mm. um whether that be the success over the summer or you know the investment in the WSL it all seems to be coming together now um I feel like they're the Arsenal and Chelsea they seem on an on another level to other teams yeah that's interesting because Chelsea the only English team to to reach a Champions League final since Arsenal's success in in 2007 which is the only time that, yeah. that an English team has has won it but it was a 4-0 defeat against Barcelona in 2021 that uh, Emma Hayes is, was so angry and frustrated about. Yeah. They'd done all the hard work to, to get there, but it does feel as if they've, you know, recruited players who could potentially lift that trophy for them. But Arsenal are now finding a little bit of form, um, which is fascinating. They had a fantastic group stage as well up against uh, Bayern Munich um, at the Allianz Arena. That's going to be some atmosphere. Oh, it's going to be incredible, isn't it? But yeah, like you say, I think Arsenal have found their form again. I think that Conti Cup win is, it was exactly what they needed and at the right time to, for them to now kick on in the Champions League and, and for the rest of the season. Um, I've been following the, uh, the Bundesliga quite a bit and I've been really impressed with Bayern Munich, actually. But my only worry for, for them and Wolfsburg is the competition that they have week in, week out isn't at the level of the WSL. Mm. For example, they're playing each other on, on Sunday and I think if Wolfsburg win it, then the league's over because Wolfsburg won the first leg. That's how it's just really those two teams going for it. So week in, week out, your Bayern Munich and Wolfsburg aren't being tested like Chelsea or mm. Arsenal and, you know, and the WSL on any given day, anyone can take a point off of anyone. Yeah. Um, whereas in in the Bundesliga, it's kind of a given, I think, that the, the 
the gap, the quality in their league just isn't there. So for me, I think that could be a, a, a real positive for Arsenal going into this. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. And of course, uh, both teams get to have the second leg at home as well, which could be a huge advantage. Uh, the other fixtures, by the way, Roma welcome Barcelona and Paris Saint-Germain host Wolfsburg. Um, two very different bits of news regarding two former England internationals came out this week, Jenna, as well. Let's take the one that took most of us by surprise. First of all, Jodie Taylor rejoining Arsenal for the rest of the season after leaving NWSL side San Diego Wave after her contract expired. 36 years old. What did you make of this move, Jenna? I mean, it, yeah, it shocked me. I didn't obviously didn't come and see it coming like like many people. I know Yonas um, Idabel made a massive, massive thing about he had his eyes set on Russo, didn't he? It was a big thing and it kind of dominated them. And it may have something to do with their downfall after that, you know felt sorry for Black Stennis in that moment because I think she was part of the deal at one point and then was struggling in front of goal but thankfully she's turned that around um, so he's he, he's made no secret that he wants you know a number nine a striker and I guess Jodie Taylor is that is she the striker to you know is she the is she the Jodie Taylor <laughs> that, of yeah. Arsenal five years ago when she was there and scored 10 goals in 17 appearances that's the question yeah I mean I think if you look at her stats that it's not that, but it's kind of a free hit, I guess, for Arsenal and and for Jodie Taylor. Look, she's she's obviously a quality player. You don't lose that. Maybe a, a good squad player, I'd say. And they need, you know, obviously without Mead and, and Meadamar, they need that depth in the in in the attacking in the attacking third. So as a squad player, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see how it works. Mm. Former Chelsea and England goalkeeper Carly Telford has retired, capped twenty seven times for the Lionesses, won three WSL titles with, with Chelsea. She put on social media after twenty years playing the beautiful game. It's time for me to hang up the old boots and gloves. She's such a popular um, person on the on the on the circuit. Is that what you would describe circuit, it as? Yeah, you can you go know, circuit. Circuit yeah. will do, but. <laughs> You know, she's she, she's such good fun, is is Carly Telford. But this was coming, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, she. It feels like she's been around forever, hasn't she? She's won nearly everything, so much experience, and yeah, obviously represented her country many, many times. So it's always a sad day. But I think, as you, I think she would have known it was coming. Just speaking from experience, you get to a certain point. Um, but no, I think excited to see where it takes her next. Will she come home? Will she stay in America? I mean, the opportunities now after retiring from the game, are, they're endless. So yeah, really excited to see what she does next. Yeah, absolutely. And another departure as well. Kelly Simmons is going to be leaving the FA after 30 years of what's been described as a seminal contribution in developing the women's game in England uh, by FA Chief Executive Mark Bullingham. She's obviously the director of the women's professional game. She's going to leave that role in the summer before leaving the governing body completely um, next year. But the contribution that she's made and driving the professionalism of 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 the game has been huge. Yeah, massive. Thirty years in in the steering seat, and now look where the WSL is. It's one of the best. Well, I think it's the best league in in the world right now. And I think a lot of countries are looking over to us now, trying to you know replicate that in their countries, which is massive because it was we you know we'd always look to America or, or somewhere else. But I think she's done a, a phenomenal job, and it's a it's a massive massive loss. Um, but yeah, the game 
our, our game wouldn't be where it is without her. No, it certainly wouldn't. Obviously, this comes when the FA's trying to hand over uh, the ownership of the WSL to, to an independent company, which we which we mentioned earlier. But, I mean, she has been such an important part of laying the foundations for, for its growth and, and uh, you know, it was a popular popular part of the FA still is until she steps down in the summer uh, right that's it Jenna it's been an absolute pleasure right, thanks for having me yes I shall see you soon thank you to Jenna Scalacci Carla Ward producer Keelan and of course all of you as ever for listening don't forget if you do miss any of the show live you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast via the TalkSport app or listen back throughout the week planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.